0: Blob Talk Radio
1: Good morning afternoon everybody It is Mid November, November 19th. We are, God, college basketball season is kicked off. The NHL season is underway. The NBA season is underway. The NFL season is underway. Tennis is still playing. Jim,
0: is this the busiest time in sports? I think it's the best time in sports. This period between roughly mid November through the new year is my favorite time. I love. Like you do the holidays in general, but then there's, you know, football's really getting serious now, and if you're a basketball fan, that's all started. And yeah, it's uh, to me, it's the it's sort of the best sports time of the year. Um, except <laughs> you and I are in this pool I run called the Losers Poll. You have to pull pick a team to lose each week and you stay alive. They're called suicide pools or survivor pools. <laughs> we both got eliminated last week, like about everybody when the Lions upset the Packers. But I had a total of three hundred and forty people in two pools, and there's only seven people left, and it's week eleven. I mean, it's like <laughs> it shows you how wacky the NFL is on a week-to-week basis. Last week, you had eleven road teams win, ten underdogs win, and the two biggest underdogs double digits win. I mean, I don't know if that's a historic thing, but it's sort of amazing. It was like you know the asteroids wiping out the dinosaurs.
1: Well, yeah, the the, the, the Packers win was just. The Packers, Packers' loss was <laughs> just, yeah. The Packers' loss is just, whew, I mean, embarrassing. I mean, I don't know, you know, this team three, four weeks ago was, oh, they're going to the Super Bowl, MVP Aaron Rodgers, and now they just look, they look terrible. They lost to two very good defenses on the road, and now they come home and and just lay an egg. So. This is the this is the way the NFL wants it. Everybody is up and down week to week, except for the New England Patriots, who just just yeah. But keep even they had forward. I mean you have to
0: admit they had a scare. I mean they had a you know a better clock management and they lose that game. Um, it shows there's no dominant team. The Patriots are an excellent team. I think Carolina is getting to be an excellent team, but nobody seems dominant to where it's like okay every week they're to go out and you got a W. I mean, unless, you know, the Patriots are playing at home against the, the Redskins or something. But, you know, it's a war of attrition. New England's lost Dion Lewis and Julian Edelman in consecutive week. So they're both all well, Lewis is out the season. And it's just injuries and bad coaching and bad quarterback play. I mean, right now you have Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning, who were involved in one of the great sort of, you know, draft trade, you know, things of recent years, both out of commission. That's fascinating. You know, the two guys it was big story for years, Luck versus Manning, and the Colts legacy, and they're both gone. And It's Matt Hasselbeck and Brock Osweiler. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's well, like,
1: you know, you know it's, uh, it's the it's the past and the future, bro. <laughs> Hasselbeck Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so,
0: but yeah, it's a great time of sports year, and that's why this podcast is brought to you by AT T Mobilizing Your World because they know it's a great time of the sports year.
1: Yes, and 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 they know a good podcast when they hear it. AT and T. Um, well, it's uh. Well, speaking of the. Well, I was speaking of the future. Um, Major League Baseball I had a column or a feature story this week about Major League Baseball. Billy Bean and executive there, Wendy Lewis, are both very focused on bringing in more out LGBT people into baseball. They are putting their money where their mouth is, so to speak, and instead of just saying, talking about inclusion in baseball, they are actually doing it, going out there and looking for young candidates who are out and LGBT and who want to get into professional sports, who want to commit to a, a, a career in in baseball, and they want to help those people get into a, a job in Team front offices, uh, Jim. Do you think that the the what what they're doing there in in Major League Baseball, doing this, uh, you know, it, it's hard for them to find athletes who want to come out. But you know the, what they can do is they can find young people who are already out who want to want to be in Major League Baseball. Do you think this these efforts have a, a broader social justice impact? Is what they're doing going to to resonate across the league or even outside the league?
0: Yeah, because this is how you do You have to be active when you're seeking diversity. I mean, the NFL has the ruining rule for coaches, which has its issues, but it still requires, you know, a lot more minority candidates to be interviewed required for a job. And so you have a lot of LGBT people who aren't good enough to play Major League Baseball who still love sports and maybe, you know, at one point would have felt, I can't ever work in this industry because I perceive it to be, you know, not hospital to me and to have baseball's you know top management saying this is a priority for us and we're going to actively recruit you if you're lgbt i think it has a huge impact and even if it doesn't make a player come out um just to have openly lgbt people in front offices means that's another industry that people don't have to feel well i can't go into that because i'm going to you know not feel at home or whatever so yeah but and i think if you're going to you know talk about diversity this is the kind of stuff you have to actively do with you know with your actions not just you know issue some boilerplate statement saying we're against discrimination but you know talk a bit about this phoenix thing like how are they actually recruiting lgbt people what's the how does the process work
1: so yeah somebody were on twitter like well why aren't they recruiting latinos too well they are it,
0: it, yeah. it,
1: it, they have a they have a diversity business summit in 2012 they started this event which is an opportunity They bring in teams and in 2012 it was a bunch of teams now it's all 30 major league baseball teams they bring in people from human resources of all these teams to meet with uh, candidates who represent different colors along the diversity spectrum they could be women they could be black they could be latino they could be uh, veteran, disabled, and they could be LGBT. And as I talk in the story, the first year, they didn't have anyone self-identify as LGBT, and that has slowly grown. This year, they want it to explode. Billy wants it to explode. You know, Billy being the ambassador for inclusion in baseball, he has, a, as I've said, he knows he can't, re- you know, he can only push an athlete to come out so much, but what he can do is find people who are already out, and infuse them into baseball. It's what we've kind of talked about for years, that this baseball player being out in high school and just being so good that he ends up making it to, to, to the pros. Well, that hasn't happened, but you can do that in the front offices. So he is, is, he's is he been working. He, he went to the LGBT Sports Summit in June. He and Wendy Lewis to talk about this program. They have uh, GLAAD uh, is paying for five candidates who are young in college or just out of college paying for their travel to get to Phoenix to go to this event. Uh and and Billy's working with other organizations to spread the word. Obviously Outsports is spreading the word and trying to find more people who can go and, and apply. And and what happens is you go to this this event and you sit down with human resources executives at these different teams who are looking for candidates in marketing or analytics or or communication or, or, or anything across the board? That you know, f- front offices of these teams are they're hundred hundred plus people, and and so Billy will Billy will be there to make sure that the, these people get introduced to the right people, and 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 uh, you know even so 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 that's it. So that's you know that's that's how he's. Going about finding the people, he's. I know he's already identified several people who are going to be coming. As I say, Glad's paying for five people to come, and and so that's you know. It's, I mean, he's really, really doing it. I mean, he's really actually making this happen, which I, I think you know we've talked about Billy. The job that he's doing in Major League Baseball is incredible, and I think this is a this is going to be a really powerful piece and a story we'll be talking about in March when it happens.
0: Yeah, and these are the people who often are, you know, people making hiring decisions within these industries in the future. You know, they'll start young. but And if you simply have diversity as a regular part of accepted practice, it becomes the norm at a certain point, and no one thinks twice. And so, again, you know, a lot of LGBT people, maybe have felt marginalized in the sports world. Well, in Major League Baseball, this initiative shining shows, no, we actively want you. We're not, you know, we're not not wanting you. And all 30 teams are showing up, not just 10 or 20. Um, you know, this is how change is affected. And, you know, the boardrooms and the workplace are just as important in many ways as on the field because these jobs are around for people could work at them for 20 to 40 years. You're not, you don't have a short career like you do if you're an athlete. Um <clears throat> And it's bound to have just an impact on the way the the community perceives it, uh, the team and everything. So, yeah, I mean, Billy sort of found his niche. He was selling real estate just not too long ago. And, you know, it was a perfect opportunity, came up with this director, you know, this inclusion thing. And so he's really taken it run with it, really proud of him.
1: And I think one of the things that uh, empowers Billy and Wendy Lewis to do this is the knowledge that, they can put LGBT people in these front offices, and it's going to be fine. Billy knows of a number of executives, front office executives, two of whom I interviewed for the story. Greg Bader, who's uh, in the communications department for the Orioles, who's been there since 1994 and is a lifelong fan. And then Steve Reed, who's a human resources executive with the Nationals. I and mean, you have an openly gay man in the human resources department with the Washington Nationals. Making some of these decisions um, and, and grooming people in the company, so you have these two guys, and then I you know there's a there's a third one that that you and I both know that who I've um, reached out to, and and he sent me a bunch of notes, and he's gonna share his story publicly on Outsports after Thanksgiving, and we know about Matt Schulte with the Royals, we know about Laura Ricketts with the 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 Cubs, right? The Cubs, yeah. Yep. I can remember the white it was Dogs a part owner. <clears> he <throat> was a part owner. And and so you know Billy has the knowledge talking to people and meeting people that this is going to be okay. I can put people in these positions and it's going to be okay. The opportunities are going to be there and this idea that you can't be out in sports it's just it continues to erode this idea and I think that Billy knowing that, knowing being out in baseball himself and talking to all these executives he understands that and, and is empowered to put infuse more people in it to show people how much it's changed
0: yeah and i'm hoping that other sports leagues sort of take the cue from this and make it an active part again it's one thing to simply say yeah we are you know we don't discriminate which everybody says these days but you kind of you know diversity really is about actively reaching out and not simply saying you know i i have a my old boys network that's going to continue to hire people i know or people who are friends of friends and that's that's often how hiring has happened for you know ever in this country and continues to happen but you know that's why these kind of things are really important to sort of you know to show outreach otherwise you know people may feel well i don't don't feel welcome but now baseball is saying hey we're actively want you to come we actively want to recruit you so and i assume obviously people can apply for these jobs even if they can't attend the uh the uh, the March event, correct?
1: Yeah. Oh, I, I I you know I assume that you can apply for a job in baseball as long as you're aware of it. I don't know if you go to the team yeah. websites, maybe um, maybe there's an MLB job site. I, I I'm not sure about that. Uh, I I really don't know, but of yeah. of course people can just apply. But I I think you know comparing what Major League Baseball is doing with this and with hiring Billy to what the other leagues are doing, I think is so informative because you do look at these other leagues and grand pronouncements of support and, oh, yes, we've changed our policy that you can't discriminate against a a gay employee or a gay player. And those are all lovely and fine and dandy. But most of the leagues really aren't doing anything. And talk about a year and a half ago when Wade Davis and I were at the NFL owners meeting in Orlando, and oh, they were all going to bring Wade in to talk to the teams and talk to the players and do all this stuff. Nothing has happened. Wade has talked to a total of three of the thirty-two teams, and 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 the NBA just doesn't do anything. They haven't hired Jason Collins the way that Major League Baseball has hired, as I believe Bean. They do they do some. Uh, conversations at the Rookie Symposium, and then they just kind of don't do anything. And you look at what Major League Baseball is doing, and they are really doing it. They are making sure that the league is very publicly embracing LGBT people, making sure that they're publicly being put into positions in the league. Billy's helped, helped David Denson, who's a minor leaguer, come out. And that stuff just isn't happening in the other leagues.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of felt that the NFL had its gay moment in 2014. I was like, okay, we've done that. Now we're moving on to domestic violence or whatever else. And I know there's, you know, clearly more initiatives and everything that, that you know, it, that things that certain teams have maybe done. But, yeah, I mean, you know, Wade Davis speaking. I mean, to me, Dave Copay should be speaking to a lot of these groups. I mean, you know, you talk about someone who was back, you know, for these guys, you know, back in the old days in the 60s and 70s, um, you know, there's a Sarah Tua who played, you know, in, in the '90s. I mean, you have generations of out former NFL players who really can be relevant, you know, ambassadors and spokespeople. But yeah, I, I think the NFL. I just always feel kind of like, okay, we we did Michael Sam, and now we're kind of past that, and you know, life goes on. But. On the other hand, it does make it hard when there's nobody out. I mean, it just does make it a little difficult. But with baseball, at least, they're recognizing, okay, we're not focused on the field. We're focused in, in many ways, jobs that, are, I said, going to be lasting for years and years and years, you know, in the front offices. So the other leagues need to do You something.
1: know, you're talking about different different people going to talk to teams, and I think that, you know, it doesn't hurt. But I'm just not so sure anymore if it actually even helps. You know what baseball did with Billy is they hired him as an executive with the league. Then in spring training they put him in the uniforms of various teams and had him participate in the sport with them. They have they, they feel like they've done just about everything right, and Billy is working with athletes and people in front offices to come out publicly, having. Wade or Sarah or Dave go and talk to the Detroit Lions, it doesn't hurt. I'm just not sure how much, if that even helps at this point. I mean, well, just having well, somebody show up and give a talk.
0: Meaning, my point was, if it's institutionalized, I think it has a bigger difference than, you know, than randomly going to Team X, Y, or Z. So... You know, I mean that's that would be at least one idea, and it's a, it's but the idea. It's an easy idea to do. It Doesn't cost them much. It's not you know creating some new bureaucracy or something. But baseball is clearly farther ahead than the other sports. There's not even a question about it.
1: Yeah, I don't even think there's a question at this point. And all every other league probably tell you executives would tell you that how much further ahead they are than the others. Sitting here, I mean, I give baseball an A, and I don't think anybody else even gets a B at this point. I think a year and a half ago they might have, but baseball's taken their game to such a, such a different level. I just think they're that far ahead of everybody else, yep uh well stay tuned for more of that we're going I'm gonna try to get Billy Bean on to talk more about this. you really want to promote this. you want people to to go and 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 apply for these jobs if they're interested, apply for this diversity summit. you could email me or Jim, or you could just go to our story on the on on the topic. And and find the the link to the diversity page of Major League Baseball and and if you want to work in baseball or pro sports, it's a great opportunity. So you know, be sure to take it. And if you can't get the Phoenix, you don't have the money. Well, Glad is there. They might be able to help you. So definitely check that out. Another story that I wanted to to hit on this week is uh, Gus Kenworthy, who the the the, the uh, professional skier who came out, I don't know, two or three weeks ago now, I guess, on on the cover of ESPN, the magazine. It's all been lovely, and he's been uh, running around with his shirt off seemingly everywhere talking about sex and dating, and he's just, uh, he has certainly embraced being out and gay. But somebody, you know, who seemed to have taken uh, exception to that a little bit, maybe possibly sort of, was uh, another skier uh, what's the Alex Schlopy is that his name? Yeah. Who? Alex Schlopy who 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 said essentially, yeah, nee, I don't love how you did this, Gus. And it, it it's interesting the, the kind of the reaction that he got from Gus and and the readers, um, and then kind of the interaction that that he and Jim have had over, over uh, you know, kind of behind the scenes. So Jim, why don't you just talk about that a little bit? How did you find the story? Because I totally missed it. Um, and then how you framed it and how this dialogue has started.
0: I saw an interview Gus had given with Attitude Magazine where he talked a lot about you know the whole coming out experience and referenced then some of the negativity. And Alex was mentioned with some Instagram posts he made, which basically were praiseworthy at Gus and supporting Gus for coming out, but I don't have the quote in front of me, but I'm paraphrasing That Basically, he said he thought he was doing it more for the publicity, more for Gus than he was for everything else. But it was said in such a way that was really kind of off-putting, like, you know, like, like why does he need a cover? Why don't other people get covers? And then he followed up with a second post that tried to explain it um, that got some pushback. And Gus said, you know, well, in essence, straight people never have to come out. They're assumed to be out, especially in a sport like skiing. So what I did was important. Um, you know, I'm getting letters and emails from people telling me, you know, I'm a role model. And, you know, I personally took Gus's side on that in the re- in, in the idea that we've talked about that forever. You know, we always hear when athletes come out, well, why do you have to shove it in our face? That kind of stuff. It basically was what Alex's post sort of, you know, two Instagram posts. So I wrote a piece yesterday uh, quoting Alex, quoting Gus from their various, you know, tit for tat. And, you know, took Gus's side and said, Alex doesn't realize what it's like to be gay because he wouldn't have made that statement. I mean, again, I said, you know, straight people never have to have a coming out. Well, Alex saw the story. I think you uh, you copied him on Twitter um, and started this dialogue with us where he was kind of pissed off. He said it was taken out of context, and then we kind of went back and forth. And I, you, you hit in initially that I followed up on, you know, why what he said about the visibility we thought was misplaced and basically invited him to write a story for us and explain himself, and he said he did. And at one point he wrote, he said, well, I'm glad you guys called me out on this because I see things a little bit differently. So he is now writing a piece sort of, you know, explaining kind of what he meant, but also the, the fact that he is a huge supporter of, you know, openly gay skiers in in the sport. And yet he still does have issues with Gus taking it um He thinks Gus is doing it as much for Gus as anything else and wants it to make it more about Gus doing it for the LGBT community. They've known each other forever, so there's clearly some personal history. And, you know, in his piece, at least the first draft, he said, I know Gus is still pissed at me, but I love him like a brother. So I think it was interesting that just having a dialogue with Alex, he now says he's a big fan about sports. You know, And so his initial reaction to the story was, you guys took it out of context, goddamn media. Then it was, well, okay, I guess I could see your point. Maybe I was sort of, you know, I could see how my comments could be perceived as being negative. And now it's, hey, I'll write something for you guys. And so I kind of is an example of how through dialogue, and we weren't yelling at Alex and screaming, that, you know, we're, we've reached someone who looks like he's going to be someone who's going to be really supportive.
1: Yeah, it, it it is interesting, you know, so a lot of a lot of times these people uh you know, first of all, I think, you know, the kind of the shoot and ask questions later approach. Yeah, sometimes we take that, but you didn't take that here. I mean, it was there was there was clearly his tweet was pretty clear what he said. You had Gus's reaction in there. Um so you've kind of you 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 laid out the the issue and you had a I think a pretty reasonable reaction to it uh, and then you know he didn't like obviously how it made him look um, he, he even said that he teared up at one point when he read what you had written and so he kind of lashed out and then when he just when he just took a step back and listened to what you were saying realized huh maybe I did screw up here maybe what I said even with my intentions wasn 't the right thing to do and and so there was some lessons there I think for him about the importance of not just coming out but athletes like Gus being really out, being out constantly talking about it, not being afraid to talk about dating and preferences and all kinds of stuff um you know I could do a little less shirtless stuff it gets it it, it <laughs> grows I get tired of it um but but still, I think you know it, it, it's important, and he—I think he listened and understood that from what you were saying, and I think that you know that kind of dialogue is powerful. We don't always have that, right? With Tony Dungy, we just don't. There's there's no dialogue to be had. He's not interested in talking. Um
0: and and we I tried, do think it points out the stuff that, in essence, every coming out story is someone raising their hand and saying, "Look at me." I mean, it's the very nature of it, right? I mean, we've had like four coming out stories this week we've had a whole bunch recently and so you can see from someone who maybe is straight and doesn't really perceive it as you know yeah why why is someone getting you know attention for simply their sexuality it shouldn't matter i mean and yet they don't ever step back and realize they've never had to come out as straight people they've never had to have that agonizing decision and all those you know nights of loneliness and fears that you know you're going to be rejected by your parents and you know i mean all the stuff gay people go through before they make this declaration and the declaration is is empowering and it has the effect of increasing visibility i mean one thing i wrote to alex is that you know without gus coming out there'd be no openly gay pro skiers even though gus is gay and you know alex said he's known he's been gay for a while i think he wrote that one of instagram pieces but until gus actually did it and yeah, sure people like Gus could wind up using it in a way that maybe benefits him as much as everybody else, but I think straight people just don't get the whole process of they don't have to do, they don't have to do that when they come out. And it's simply assumed. And so I can see why people perceive, you know, any athlete coming out as saying, "Oh, it's all about me, me, me," but that's the only way we get visibility. The only way we can identify people as being openly gay is if they sort of declare it that's sort of our standard, right? We don't ever say you know so and so's gay uh, we ain't going to tell you why they have to sort of you know acknowledge it.
1: I love the idea that people say well this this shouldn't be a story or this shouldn't be a big deal. well, we don't live in a world of should and shouldn't we live a world of is and it is a big story and it is important because of how our culture is designed our culture from when you are born you are told you are straight you're told you're straight by advertising by television by your coach by your parents you are told from day 1 that you are straight and when you're not
0: <laughs>
1: that takes a toll on most people and certainly in sports you're told you absolutely 100% better be straight if you're a guy uh, you know and 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 you know when, for women it's it's different kinds of issues but for a guy like Gus Kenworthy I mean it's, it, this is why he's the first one and and there has to be a first one to be a second one there has to be a second one to be a third one there has to be a third one to make it so that it isn't that we that sh- the world of should and the world of is are the same thing, that it's not a story anymore. It shouldn't be a story and it's not a story. But these people who always, 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 oh, this shouldn't be a story. Why is this a story? Well, it's a story because of <laughs> the ingrained culture that we are surrounded by every day of our
0: lives. That's why it's a story. And it's a story because people still read these stories. I mean, if, if it was a non-story, people wouldn't care. Oh, Athlete X came out, big deal. Athlete X comes out and it's Everywhere, because everyone still realizes it still is a big deal. Imagine when the first open league NFL player who's currently playing comes out. If that happens soon, I mean, that is going to be the dominant story, even if he's the third-string safety on the last-place team.
1: Well, we just had, we just had a story about a, 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 a distance runner from a, a small college in New England, and tens of thousands of people have read it. I mean, it's like yeah. it's, it's more than a hundred thousand page
0: views this week. This story about a, hundred, a nice story about a runner in Shippensburg, Pennsylvania.
1: I mean, a hundred thousand people have read this story about an athlete you have never heard of and you never will hear of again. Well, with all due respect, you probably will not. And a and hundred thousand people read it. So, yeah, from a media's perspective, there it's a story because it's a story because people are going to read it. Uh, but that's all the stories we have time for this week. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by AT&T, mobilizing your world. Um, Jim, I, I know you're you're stuck in a fierce battle with my brother for the, for probably the last spot in fantasy football. So, good luck to both of you. I'm probably in, so that's a, that's a good thing.
0: I just want to sneak in and, and be done with it. And we're off next week for Thanksgiving, and we'll be back in the first week and in the first week in December. We will talk to you then.